Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. And happy Super Bowl Sunday to all of my football fans listening. This is one of the biggest weekends on the calendar for sports fans, and it's easy to see why. Sports are, in so many ways, like a religion. Like religion, sports can convey important lessons about culture and values. From the times of ancient Greeks, athletes were sometimes accorded to the status of gods. And not much has changed since ancient times. Modern society has given godlike status to many athletes. We hold them up on pedestals, look to them for examples of character, and even base our product purchases around the ones they support. Sports stadiums are sometimes referred to as sacred spaces for those both playing and in the stands. And for years, as much as you could compare sports to organized religion, practicing your actual faith on the field, at least on a national level, was strongly discouraged. Those who took the time to thank God for their talents, like Kurt Warner, Jim Harbaugh, or Tim Tebow, or even acknowledge him with the sign of the cross after a great play, were usually met with groans, or individual reporters would often try to cut them off so that acknowledgement to Christ for their performance, whether they won or lost, would go unheard. That is, until a few weeks ago, when 24-year-old football player Damar Hamlin collapsed on the field and suffered a cardiac arrest, requiring CPR and revival before being rushed off by an ambulance on live television. Both teams knelt in prayer, and broadcasters prayed openly on the air. So it begs the question, are faith and athletics intrinsically linked? To unpack this, Eric Kindler, the athletic director for Trinity High School, and Jordan Hill, Trinity's head football coach and former NFL player in his own right, joined me to talk about their journeys of faith and how it informs their leadership with the next generation of players. Eric and Jordan, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the program and kind of be talking about this. It's Super Bowl weekend, so I'm a little excited because my favorite team is playing. But um, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you guys about, you know, faith and athletics. And I'd love for you guys to tell me a little bit more about yourselves and how you got involved in athletics. How did it become part of your career? Yeah, well, Rachel, first question, who who's your favorite NFL team? Oh, the Eagles. The Eagles. All the way. What, did this start in like 2017 or something? No, this has been since I was like <laughs> you, you and everybody an else? <laughs> I grew up Eagles and Phillies. They're, they're my home team no matter what. Gotcha. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, my, my name's Eric Kindler. I'm the athletic director and theology teacher over at Trinity High School, proud 2010 alum. I'm the youngest of five. I grew up in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I said I'm an alum of Trinity, but also my five siblings were. My parents were, and 
In fact, I was just, you know, walking around the, the diocesan center here and I saw a photo of my grandfather who, who worked at Trinity as a coach and a dean and had my position in the 1960s. So, um, yeah, I mean, sports, for better or worse, have been a part of my experience. Uh, I'm a bit of a taller guy, so uh, I was a decent athlete and did a lot of different sports. And, and Jordan and I actually met years ago playing basketball in middle school. Um, and, and Jordan, he can tell you about his path. Uh, but, uh, you know, mine went down basketball and, and I played in, in high school and in college and, and got into coaching and sports administration from there. And before I even get going here, uh, he's being very humble. Eric was a very good basketball player. <laughs> nice, hype man, right here. Very nice. good basketball player. We, we, we grew up actually playing on one of the same AAU teams for a moment. Um, and then obviously grew up playing against each other. Um, so I'm Jordan Hill, um, head football coach and director of advancement over at Trinity. Um, I'm originally from Stilton. Um, if anybody kind of knows about that small town, you know, sports is kind of the thing that we breathe. Um, so getting into football, basketball, baseball, really anything that was available was kind of, you know, everyday exercise. Um, just like you need to breathe, you kind of had to play football, play basketball over there. That's awesome. So you guys have been very involved in sports pretty much your whole lives. So how has your faith impacted your athletic careers throughout the ages? I mean, I, I was a cradle Catholic growing up. Um, like I, I alluded to the fact that like Trinity is a part of who I am. Um, I mean, I kind of crack up working there now. In my second year, I get like flashbacks randomly. <laughs> Me just like running around the long hallway corridors of, of T-High and uh, it kind of cracks me up when we have games and now I see little guys and gals running around. I'm like, all right, nice. You know, coaches, coaches' daughters are just like that. And, you know, it, it makes my heart warm. And uh, with that, you know, my faith was always a part of my, my life. However, I think like a lot of young kids didn't really know what it was like, didn't have a lot of personal ownership over it or, or deeper thought to it. Um, I, I really credit uh, any growth that I've had uh, you know, to my spiritual life and my life with Christ, you know, to Trinity and my family and their commitment to Catholic education. You know, I, I experienced a conversion experience at a Cairo's retreat and uh, that, that, you know, I wanted to go and study theology because of it. So um, it was a part of my life, but, you know, I really kind of took ownership of it when I was like 18. And then at that time I was trying to continue to play sports at a high level. And there was some you know, I don't know, some con like discontinuity. I didn't understand how I could integrate faith experience and all the goodness I was feeling with this like really competitive cutthroat, uh, not fun at all world of uh, high level basketball that I was trying to pursue. So it's kind of my background. Uh, my faith really started through sport. And I kind of said a little bit about, you know, the background of Stilton and, and how much sport means to the town. It was actually a situation where not at the time, um, but my to be wife was just one of my classmates. And it was a tragic incident that happened where her brother passed away. And at the time he was our starting quarterback, was a really good basketball player, was our, our best pitcher. And for me, it was the first time at a young age where I prayed on my own and wasn't forced or wasn't asked to. And, you know, literally asked, God, hey, can you help out a friend? Can you help out Kristen, who was my wife, who was just a classmate at the time? Um, and, and kind of through that journey, that's where we became close uh, because it was just a helping hand and, and, and 
then it became a part of my everyday life. And, you know, it, some things are habit. And that was the habit that happened. Um, it's crazy that we're doing this podcast, you know, at the date that we are. So my brother-in-law had gotten a car accident January 31st and passed away on the 7th of February. Oh, wow. Uh, which would have been yesterday's anniversary. And it was through that every single day where I just asked for help for Ryan, but also for strength for my classmate and Kristen. And then that thing gradually became what I did every single day when I woke up, when I went to sleep um, and, and literally just asking, is there a way I can help every single night? And fast forward a year, a year, year and a half later, you know, she becomes my girlfriend, girlfriend to fiance and fiance to wife. Um, we've been together. What if you put all those years together now, 17 years. Wow. Um, so, you know, in a way that that was through athletics because I knew her brother through football. That's pretty powerful. I love yeah. how both of you have very different backgrounds, but it, it just, it all comes like sports is kind of at the center of it. And your faith is also like at the center of it. Like they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and thanks for sharing that Jordan. Cause I like, like I didn't know Kristen. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew the Hill family. Um, I knew Jordan, his folks and like his cousins and his uncle and stuff, but my older brother like knew Ryan. Um, mm -hmm. So when that, you know, when that did occur, our community was aware of it too. And we had heavy hearts from it. And, and, you know, in fact, when we reconnected, I, I hadn't realized that, you know, yeah. you guys, you know, were, were Kristen was, you know, Ryan's brother or Ryan's sister. And I mean, it, it, Jordan, like bringing up that story, I feel like you just in that quick, you know, powerful story, remind everyone of why sports are so important. And I feel like we talk, we talk about yeah. this a lot, right? Like yeah. we're, we're kind of ambivalent towards it sometimes just because of, you know, he's seen it at the highest level. I've seen it at a high level where there's a lot of craziness in it. But I feel like that kind of story quickly reminds us of how powerful sport generally is. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it, it's, it brings you back to what life's really all about because you can get carried away with it. Uh, you can get caught up within whatever your thoughts are yeah. within sport, with what's going on in a game, outside of the game. But there's always a moment that brings you back. And that's usually, for, especially for me, that's when it's like, hey, that's what it's really all about. It could be a situation where it's it's that impactful as I was talking about, or it could be a situation of a kid telling me thank you. And you're like, all right, there you go. That's all I needed to hear. Um, which literally happened to me yesterday, you know, um, a kid where, you know, it, it, he had been struggling and I've never had a, a real interaction and he seeks me and literally tells me, thank you. I'm like, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. That's like life sustaining. That's career sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? In like the darkest times. Yeah. You remember that stuff. Oh, and, it doesn't right? leave you. It doesn't leave you. And I, you know, we're, we're just, we're basically still starting out at Trinity. Yeah. I mean, we hope to be there and really have that. So we're, you know, Jordan, yeah. like the, what he's done in our football program in very short order is remarkable. I mean, when Jordan arrived and he's humble as well, when he arrived, you know, we, we struggled with numbers, right. You mm -hmm. know, and we were, he, he started at Trinity shortly before I did. And, you know, the stories, you know, of, you know, just trying to scrounge jerseys together and get guys. And, and now we got, you know, the school is just so behind, not just our football program, but our athletics programs. And, and it's, 
the, the purpose is important. You know, why, 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 why? But having someone like Jordan at the helm of that, I mean, it's like, it's huge, Rachel, because, you know, he's a younger guy that's played. And I like to think that I can bring that to the table too, to remind them of like, yeah, we've, we've played at this high level that you want, but this is how you should go about doing it because we haven't really lost that priority, you know? So yep. Yep. that's the major thing is just, you know, we can always, because Eric played basketball at a very high, at a high level. You know, I played it at, at, in football, maybe to the NFL. Sometimes the kids ask like, hey, why don't you talk about what I did? And I tell them, you know, what I did isn't for me to tell you, but it's more for me to show you. And this is how we act. And this is how I got here. Um, I tell them all the time. I usually am doing it when I'm um, um, upset or I'm yelling. I'm telling them, guys, I want nothing more from you guys than you guys to achieve higher than I did. So one day, one time, in this whole area, people forget I ever played. I don't want to be known as, you know, an NFL player. I want to be known as somebody that impacted lives and changed them. I want you guys to be the top football guys. I want you guys to be the leaders, you know, when it's time for me to, to hang it up, whenever that is. Um, that's the most important. And that's that's the experience that I want to take from the levels that we played at. Like, hey, that's how you actually give back. Um, it's not bragging and telling you, hey, I've done this, done that, and made this play, and I know this person. You know, it's good for the elevator pitch, but other than that, it doesn't do much for you. I love that. I love the idea of just of bringing it back down from that from that loftiness of of this is who I know and what I've done and and bringing it back down to this is this is who I am as a person and this is how if if you want to make it beyond that level this is how you should be as a human. I think that's really powerful that you guys are kind of on this mission to to instill that in in Trinity in the in the athletes that are there today about how sports can travel further than just where you are right now. It can, it can lead you into like some bigger, some bigger things. You talked about praying for teammates and, and bringing how sports kind of brought you in to the faith this year, especially in football. I've, I've really seen prayer really come to the front and center, especially in professional sports. Whereas in years past, it was something that like you kept in the locker room or like that's something that you do privately. We don't do it on national television. And there used to be a lot of backlash for someone like Tim Tebow praying or anytime you saw somebody making a sign of the cross, it was like, Ugh, there he goes doing that thing again, you know. But, you know, a few weeks ago, entire teams were openly praying for DeMar Hamlin and sportscasters were praying live and on the air. And the entire football industry was asking for prayers for his recovery. So as much as mainstream conventions want to kind of keep sports and prayer or faith in general separate from each other, in your opinion, how important is prayer and faith in team sports? Are they, in fact, linked? I would say they definitely are. I learned at a young age, it would have been around 18. Um, I had a coach by the name of Larry Johnson at Penn State. His whole He was a defensive line coach, and his whole being was through prayer and why he's doing what he's doing. And there was a rule for us. We weren't ever allowed to start or leave the field before we all prayed together. We prayed as a family. And whatever differences, whatever we agreed on, it was spoke before prayer, and then we ended with prayer. And we would do it on the field in Beaver Stadium. We would do it every day at practice. If we didn't have practice, we did it in our, our position meetings. It was both 
behind the door and out in the public for everybody to see. So it was something that we practiced and something that we made sure we showed everybody, hey, there may be a an opinion, but when something really matters, this is this is our belief. And I think that's what we really seen with with the DeMar situation, you know, where your real beliefs lie showed immediately. And there we weren't subject to somebody judging us. And if somebody did, we necessarily didn't care. And that's, you know, when we believe in something so strongly, we show it. And that's really what the world did, you know, through and sometimes it, it, it takes something dramatic for the good to come out. And I really think that's what happened. Uh, I mean, it happened live. It was a moment for even for me. My mom has never been a football fan. My wife works uh, per diem, night shift, RN nurse. So she's working. I'm coming home from work. My mom's watching my daughters and she's just hanging with me. We rarely get a chance to be able to do that. And I had the game on. I'm a football coach. I'm watching the game, all that. And that happens. And I look at her and she's tearing up. And I'm like, I know it's a crazy situation. But she looks at me. She's like, no, that could have been you. And I didn't, for me, you know, so to say when you're a football player, you, you have a, a warrior mentality. So you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. And then when your mom says that could have been you, it's like you start thinking about everything. And again, in that moment, it was like, wow, this is, this is literally why we pray. This is literally why we do this. This is, it is for people. It's for us. It's for people. And my mom, like she brought it all home to me. You know, it, it was like one of those moments where it's just like, Hey, my goodness, this is, this is why we're doing this. It's important. It's important. So you saw that happen live. You were watching the, the incident happen like live. I did. Gotcha. I was, yeah. I'm, sometimes I'm like living under a rock, man. Was it a Monday night yeah. football game? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah I had, I, yeah. I, it was either I, Monday or Thursday. I, night. That's what I thought. I think okay. it was Monday. Yeah. It was a Monday night football mm-hmm. game. All right. Bills Lots of and Bengals. Yep. In its first mm-hmm. quarter. Yep. Okay, so when that occurred, I mean, it's shocking. And, you know, I want to address your question on prayer. But, Jordan, like, when you saw that, did you ever, like, think, I mean, is this worth it? Like, you know what I mean? However positive this is in your life, in the lives of, say, your teammates, like, you know, with that level of destruction to the human body, you know, despite all these great values and virtues we derive from it, it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, like, is this something that I should be doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's one, like through any injury, I look at it and I'm like, all right, was that worth it? Do <laughs> yeah. I, do I really have to do this? Right. You know, where I'm in that situation. <laughs> was I a little nuts to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I go back to is like, Hey, to be successful and do it at the highest rate, you do have to be a little crazy. We are, um, you know, we got a little screw. Yeah, we got yeah, some screws. Yeah. Man. Uh, sometimes we joke around like yeah. our folks don't get that, man. Like, no, no. That's <laughs> so what I tell them. Our kids don't get that. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I, I tell some of my guys, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm the greatest actor. I could be in Hollywood because what you see in me is that's the show. There's a screw up there. <laughs> it, it wasn't always tight. Yeah. All, I, I say that. That's it's kind. Like, yeah, it's a kind way. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't always tighten, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely look at it sometimes. I'm like, man, did do we have to go through that? Did we have to? 
then same thing. It's like, hey, if you want to get somewhere and you want to get there, and, the, and and that being for me, the NFL, you know, I did have to be a little crazy. I did have to do things that were uncomfortable, uncommon, um, and those things they fall under that. They're uncommon. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Because and I asked that question because it is related to prayer. I think because. Like whether you're talking about major bodily injury um, that happened to Demar Hamlin or, or you playing mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I think you have questions about like mental health. You know, there is immense human suffering that does happen in organized sports mm-hmm. and it happens at a really young age. And that that suffering that happens at a very young age is like it's traumatic for young people and it's an indelible mark that they hold with them. And there are situations that I experienced while at high school that, you know, I, I have nightmares about. And when I stopped, so I played college basketball for one year, got the scholarship, thought my life was good because that's what I wanted to do. I actually, I didn't have an interest in playing in the NBA. I probably wasn't good enough to play in the NBA, all things considered. If I wanted to try to play elsewhere, maybe, but I was really set on trying to play college hoops. So I did it and I was like, you know what? This is a terrible life for me. This ain't healthy. This is not good. I'm in Buffalo. Sorry, Buffalo folks, but it's too cold up there. (laughs) And I left and there was just so much weight. And why I'm saying this is that like our prayer is communion with God. And we are so cognizant of the fact that we're frail, very limited people that suffer greatly. And it's like this is a passion of ours, like a literal suffering of ours that we enter into each day. And it's not good enough just to love it. Right. Like you have to cognizantly say like i will willingly suffer for this for something greater that hopefully can bring me to you lord or to my teammates right like did you feel that way right like at penn state or absolutely i I think for me it was towards the tail end of my career where i was always asking the question why (laughs) because in a matter of a two-year span i i tore my calf three times separated my quad and fully ruptured my bicep and that was at a time where to that date I had never really been injured. You know, you get hurt, always get hurt, especially in the game of football. You have to have a a clear distinction of injured or hurt. And I tell my guys that now, hey, I know you guys are, are, you're hurting, but you're not injured, right? When they're they're complaining in camp and and they're sore, you know, you're not injured. But when you get injured and you're not used to it, and, and, you know, I was very uncomfortable because I couldn't, my body wasn't performing like it once did. It wasn't acting like the muscle should. Um, the first time I tore my calf, it was something I've probably done since I was able to run. It was non-contact and most of my injuries were non-contact. My last one was my only contact injury. Um, I was backpedaling and I turned the sprint and my calf just popped. And to me, it just felt like somebody kicked me and then I walk into the training room and I didn't walk normal for another six months. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, the doubt creeps in your mind. And then it happens again, the very first play, I come back, tear my calf again. And then the third time I get a series in and it happens again. And you start to doubt, you start to ask why. And then prayer became that more important to me because at a time where I had no answer, I had to search scratch, claw, and literally ask God why. Especially in a time where and you don't ever want to, but show me why my body's not performing like it once did. Mm. Is it because of the amount of 
reps I've taken, the amount of beating, or is that the sign to tell you, hey, it's time. And as I got older and I moved on from the game of actually playing, I really believe that was the sign from God to say, hey, you had a heck of a career. It's time to move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, kind of brings me back to what you guys were saying earlier about is it worth it? And I feel like it. the first thing that pops in my head was that Bible verse where Jesus says, later you will understand. Like you might yeah. not understand mm-hmm. now why I'm having you go through all of this, but there's a bigger purpose. And for you guys, especially your bigger purpose is now it's your turn to kind of lead other athletes. And that's just really powerful to me. So thank you guys for, for sharing those, especially like how it kind of came full circle for you, you know, starting with prayer and, and leading you all the way to, to where you are now. So continuing on the theme of lessons, <laughs> What are some things that you kind of learned either on the field or in your faith Mm -hmm. that impacted the other? So if you learned it on the field, how has it impacted your faith? And if you learned it in faith, how has it impacted you in your performance? I would say first thing that comes to mind is perseverance through prayer. (laughs) Because like prayer, exercise and prayer, there are some days and I I struggle with it. Like we're all walking these days, Mm -hmm. like our principal, John Kaminsky, like he's inspired us all to get out and walk. Cause we're all kind of like busy people. We're struggling to exercise the way we want. And John's just like, he's moving all the time. So he's getting like 20 K steps a day. So we're all trying to do, we got our watches. We're doing, I don't know where, where, where are you at right now? I'm oh, at I'm 68, well, 60. That's I'm pretty yeah, good. I woke up. I woke up and ran this morning. Did you? Oh, <laughs> man, you ran. I lifted for the first time in a while. I'm struggling today, man. Two days in a row. Sore, man. I was on the Harvey Taylor bridge this morning. Really? Oh, yeah. I like that. That's mm-hmm. cool, man. But, but, like whether you're full-time working or you're an athlete exercise or trying to get up to go to a workout, it's stale. Your body hurts. You don't want to do it. You're not inspired. And prayer is like that as well at times. Right. And that's why we're told to persevere through prayer where it, you know, you're not levitating all the time. We're not in ecstasy fully when we're, you know, saying our Hail Marys or trying to commune with God. And it's at those moments where it's very easy to be, you know, like a prayer averse or working out averse, you know? So I, I definitely see that connection. Um, absolutely. And we try to, I at least try to bring that mentality every day to the classroom and to when I interact with our teams to be grateful for the opportunity, for the occasion of prayer, but then also for the occasion of practice of a game of wearing our stuff, because it is such a great opportunity to celebrate who you are. So that's, that's the initial like connection I made. I don't know what you think. Yeah. For me, the connection I, I had was it was a competitive Bible that I used to read. That's cool. Oh, yeah. The, oh, what was it? Who wrote like, uh, you know, who wrote that? I forget. who. I was forget, that, was yeah. that a FCA Bible? It was an FCA so, Bible. Yeah. Um, and that for me, when I was younger, it was like, hey, that's everything I, I, I was doing. Right. In high school, you know, it was sport or nothing. And that was the one thing. It was just like, all right, I can comprehend this now. And now I, I'm, I'm understanding when I read a verse and it shows me how it, it, it there's the correlation to what I'm doing. And it could be a sport that I had no idea how to play, but it made more sense to me. Um, it, I mean, unshamefully speaking, I still use that Bible, <laughs> especially in the fall. I'm looking for messages in that Bible because it's like something I, it, it's relatability to the kids, right? I'm trying to pull that out, how it pulled out for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, they go hand in hand. 
I love that. I love the looking looking for messages. Like I always feel like like when I go to church on Sunday, it's like you're sitting and you're listening to the verses or you listen to the homily and it's like all of a sudden it's like that was meant for me. Like yeah. I I always have experiences like mm-hmm. that and I feel like that's I love that when you're when you're in that spirit of like okay, I like I, I need something and you go to the well to get sure. the water, like it always comes back as something that's meaningful. Um I think that's I think that's awesome. So going back to the kids a little bit, I was doing some light reading in the American Psychological Association's Journal of Personality Hmm. and Social Psychology that typical school children during the 1980s reported more anxiety than child psychiatric patients did in the 1950s. And that was way before social media. So you can imagine the pressure facing young people and young athletes today. So with so many things vying for their attention nowadays, I'm sure it's very common to hear things like, I don't have time for prayer or, you know, I'm practicing too much. I don't have time for other things. Midterms are coming up, things like that. And, you know, as adults, I'm especially guilty of saying it all the time. I don't have time. I, I do grocery shopping and then we got to do bedtime and we got to do all these things. Is it possible to encourage spiritual growth alongside athletic growth? And if so, how do you, how do you manage that with your student athletes? How do you encourage it? In other words, is there a way to balance sports studies and a social life effectively with kind of spiritual overtones? I would say yes, just through my own experience. Now as a coach, it is, it's 10 times harder to actually preach it and try and teach it because instead of worried about one, now I'm worried about 55 and how that message is different for each individual. Um, that that's the, that's the number one thing that I've kind of realized through coaching, you know, in these last two years is, Hey, you can't pull out the cookie cutter and expect every piece to fit in there. And each one, it, it, it might be a little off. They seem similar, but they're a little different. Um, so the balance, I would say, you can now it takes a lot of time management and you have to practice it just like prayer. You have to practice. So you, you literally, you have to do it every single day. Now there is in my case, one person that kind of will, will have to take the brunt of the work and that being me, but that's something that I'm okay with. Cause if you find one to be able to do that and then you find a group of people or kids that want to learn, want to do better, want to understand how to balance social, Social media, I think, are two different things. They're social life and social media, two different things, sport and school. And where to, what's the importance in those four? And then prayer. Where's the balance? Yeah, okay. It, I mean, it, like, right? It's hard. Like, like, I would, my initial reaction, it's a little abrasive, but it's literally two words do less. Mm-hmm. Just do less. That it, I, I can't even say this in a in a one breath sentence. Sports, study, social life, social media, yeah. Yeah. and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. got to take a big breath just to get that out in one sentence. Like I will tell this, and I do tell this to our parents, where it's like, oh well, so and so is 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 injured, or so and so is struggling with various things. Time and again, it is a just so obvious. It's like, yeah, the student is doing way too much, mm-hmm. and too much of the sport that they want to play. I mean, we, we've we said it. Jordan played football at a really high level. I played basketball. But, like, I, the more that I'm here working in athletic administration, I appreciate so much what my mom and my parents did and my dad did just saying, like, all right, like, you have your regular season. 
And if you wanted to do a travel team, like I said, that's how we met. They were fine with that, but there was an off time. There was a no time of anything. When we were on the road for AAU tournaments, like sometimes I would get embarrassed by it. I remember actually being up at Penn State with Capital Athletics, our old AAU team, mm -hmm. and it was over Easter weekend. And my mom was like, like, we're not coming tomorrow. It's yeah. a Saturday. She was like, we're, you're lucky that we're here on Holy Saturday. We're not coming here tomorrow for Easter. And I was like, mom, like, come on, I gotta, mm -hmm. I gotta play. But that's so important. Like, it's so important. You have to do less to do the things that actually matter. And I feel like it's not prioritized as much. It's, it's a tough battle. It, so. it, it, and I would say it's crazy because for some kids, they do more footballing than an NFLer would. <laughs> yeah. Like so it, more travel, yeah, more like money. What like, they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and every weekend they're, they're in this city, they're doing this. When I was playing from, I was, I was very fortunate and blessed to be able to go to two Super Bowls first two years. So we played in, into February. The month of March and the rest of February, I did nothing. Did nothing because I knew in April it was right back to it, right back to it. So it was like I, I, I took a whole month and a month and a half away. Now, again, remember when going back, you know, the screw wasn't always tightened. So I would do something because I would get antsy or I would be like, hey, I'm getting left behind. But what I would do and I, as I got older, I got really smart. I would put my cleats and it was in one of my my storage units. I would put all of my cleats there. I, I had like a rule where I wouldn't put them on at all. And I didn't have a football. If I did anything, it was because more, hey, I just needed to go work out. I needed to go, sometimes it's a stress reliever. You go and you run, right? Uh, but it was not football related. I wasn't going and doing football specific drills. You know, we play, we were fortunate enough to play into December, uh, December 9th. I had guys, Banging on the, the weight room door, it would have been the 12th. Trying to get in the lift. We're like, no, guys, go home. Yeah, yeah, that that that's good. Like, go that's home. That's good. That's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should be. And I was only a week, and then, hey, we let it let certain guys start coming in. But it's like, hey, you need a break. You do. You do. Even if, it's, if that's the one thing that you do, the mind needs to relax, and you need to process things. Um, so – is there a way to balance? Yes, but you know, in what we're really saying, sometimes less is more. I love that. And I think that's something that even adults need to hear because we're so in, ingrained with like hustle culture and you know, you're not worth anything unless you're being productive. Like we're so used to that, that you can't grow if you don't slow down. Like, you know, if you could hit a threshold at some point and that's why so many people experience burnout because they hit that threshold and they don't give themselves the time to recover. They don't give themselves rest days or anything like that. And um, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. You, you got to rest. You, you have to rest. I mean, I, you know how I feel about Sundays, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like Sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, why? I feel like I'm the only one that's like, sun, <laughs> no Sunday. We got a game on Monday. It's like, Oh, well we must practice on Sunday. <laughs> Well, must we practice on Sunday? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we do. I, I, 
think we can bear, you know, a, a team practice or whatever, just not doing anything. But I, I don't know. It's it's really hard these days to yeah. not be doing something seven days a week. And when we're talking about prayer, how could our Lord <laughs> take take 40 days, you know, alone? Right. Or how could God himself yeah. rest on that day? Yeah, he but even took a day off after creating <laughs> yeah. the universe. He's like, all right, I'm done. I think I'll rest now. So yeah. if he can do it, why can't we? Awesome. I don't know. Some of my my first year, some of the older guys I had, or, or, or even if it was a coach that I would reach out to him, just say, Hey, what do you guys do on in season on a Saturday, Sunday? And guys, they would ask me, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm like, well, Saturdays, I don't do anything. Yeah. You any, don't, you're right. You're right. You don't like, do anything. We don't do anything. And then Sundays were an hour and a half to two hours, just the coaches, just so we can prepare for, the next day to get our guys ready. But I don't, for two days, I don't want the guys even around each other. Like go rest, take your mind off of it. Hey, I'm, some guys are going to text and, well, what about this play Friday night? Well, we can answer that stuff, but like relax. Saturdays, I, I rarely will pick up a phone for anything football related. Like there's, we can, sometimes you need time to process things, one, but two, you just need a break. And then what I really do, I have two two young daughters um, and a third here. She she could be here today. Um, nice. That's exciting. That's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, like I, I leave that day for them. And, and what we do, we now it might be football related. We go up to Penn State. Me and my wife are both Penn State graduates. Um, we go up there. Um, but literally, I, I have no talk of Friday night. Don't like I don't. I get fussy about it. I'm like, I just want to stay away from it. Like, hey, Sunday, we'll come back to it. And just give me some time to, you know, let me be Jordan, not Coach Hill. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So how are you guys working to kind of cultivate a culture of love through sportsmanship? And do you believe that that can carry over outside of school? Like once they leave Trinity, once they, once they leave your program, do you think that the, the lessons that you taught them will transfer over to the rest of their lives? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the goal, uh, especially for me. Like, I want, I, I want them to come back, you know, and say, "Hey, you had this direct effect on what I'm doing, or you had this direct effect on my thought process on this." Um, I, 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 I kind of said it earlier in terms of, "Hey, I want to be the lesser known of a football player when this is all said and done, because I want other guys to do so much better." I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, hey, when they leave us and they leave Trinity, they're chomping at the bit to come back and they're wanting to come back and figure out how they can help. You know, I have some guys on my, my coaching staff that, that are Trinity alum. Um, and I could go on and on about them, but I'll just talk about one. And, and Matt Connors, he's mm -hmm. a Trinity graduate. He wouldn't coach if it wasn't at Trinity and because of his experiences and how much that place really means to him. I've already had the conversation like, hey, would you do this and do that? Well, no, I'm only I'm only coaching because it's you and it's Trinity. Like, I'm only doing that because it's that. And I think he's a heck of a coach. I think he, he could he could take it higher if he wanted to. Yeah. That's the relationships. That's the stuff that we really want to build. And it, it, it means it means a lot. It means a lot when you have something, a special bond to a place and to people. Um, it makes it it makes it all worth it. 
Yeah, shout out Connors, man. Yeah. He's he, he's yeah. one of the best. Cause the thing about Matt, he's really awesome to watch. I mean, we've all grown up together, mm-hmm. you know. Like, he is so enthusiastic all the time, but he's also one of the toughest guys mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. And he, so he, you're talking about a culture of love. Matt is a perfect embodiment, I feel like, of this mm-hmm. because he is, like, at one point so tenderly approachable, right? Yep. And, and you know that yep. he's so genuine at the same time. He'll knock you out, man. You know, yeah. in, the, in the ways that matter. Yeah. Like, because as a player, he could bring it. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, as a linebackers coach, we have great linebackers. And he is able to mold those guys mm-hmm. to be tough the way they need to. And that that's love, man. That That yeah. is the difficulty of a loving relationship, that tenderness, but also that that forcefulness that you need in a way. I mean, he's we're, we're privileged to have someone like Matt and a lot of our other coaches because it, it also is purpose-driven and it's purposeful. Right. And, and I, I, I would say the same, like I, I serve as the athletic director at Trinity, but I'm like Trinity first, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I didn't really like get into the, like the, the athletic admin industry and then got a job at Trinity. You know, this, I, I love this school. My background was in athletics. It's in theology. To me, it was like, all right, this, this makes sense and let's make this work. Let's let's do it. And and I think you're in a similar boat, yeah. right, with that kind of mission mentality. Yep. Yep. Exact same. I love that. I love the and I love the passion you guys have, not just for what you do like professionally, but just for the people that you surround yourselves with and that the students that you surround yourself with and that, you know, it, it's really your goal is to build better humans. And I I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Let's talk about when Christian values like aren't necessarily present at a sporting event. Like Trinity obviously plays schools that aren't Catholic. We play public schools. Um, Philly fans in particular are very known for their <laughs> their uh, behavior uh, at sporting events. Maybe they're stand, you know, people in the stands booing or unsportsmanlike conduct during play. How do you kind of lead by example, not just for your team, but for the people who aren't playing? First of all, it's it would be dishonest of, of me to say as someone who runs games and works with other folks, sometimes we are the violators of mm-hmm. sportsmanship. We have to be honest in that where mm-hmm. we seek, you know, add summum bonum is our is our is our phrase at Trinity. It's, it means to the highest good. And we try to seek and we should strive for the highest good every in everything that we do, but we fall short in that sometimes. So so maybe uh, you know, a player gets a technical or you know, a fan in the stands curses or booze, you know, and, and all of that. And it is a, it's an issue. <laughs> it's an mm-hmm. issue across the board with athletics. I mean, mm-hmm. fellow athletic directors, we talk about incidents all the time and it's really, really bad. And officials don't want to officiate mm-hmm. um, because they get reamed at all day, every day. And um, I know from some, from the perspective of someone who runs games, it's like, it's so important to protect what it is that you have. You know, I am a steward of, and Jordan is, we are stewards of our facility. We are stewards of Trinity High School. We need to create a welcoming environment that also has standards for acceptable behavior. And we need to stand stalwart to protect that. So if people are not acting that, you know, in a good way, we have to have the courage. Like I have to have the courage as a game manager to say, hey, like, this person's not acting the way that they need to be and to address it. Sometimes that's the most difficult thing to do, but it happens a lot. And I see it every day in games. So it's a tall order, but to me, it's like being very clear on what you are and being welcoming, but also letting people know that like, we will, we will stand strong for sportsmanship and we'll fight for it in the ways that we need to. 
but I, I don't know, you know, as a coach, <laughs> what do you think of that? The crazy thing for me is I, I feel like the higher the level, the easier it is to officiate. And, and it's almost, it's better at the higher levels, the lower you go down, down to like midget peewee pony programs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's almost worse. Yeah. Like you can't find a referee for, for peewee pony midget games. And the fans are, they say a lot and they talk more at those games and there's more confrontation, you know, at, at a, a six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old game. And it's almost as if you go as you grow up and the game gets higher, the better it becomes where at one point it was it was reversed. Mm. You know, you would go to a game, and you're like, hey, you, you go to an NFL game, you know, you're going to hear some crazy stuff. Now, not to say you're not now. Um, but what you hear at some of the younger games now, it's unreal. Like, I, I won't step foot in, in gyms at a younger <laughs> age because it's just like yeah. I want to stand up and just say, hey grow up but now i'm inserting myself in a situation i have no business being right and on the other side where i say that i'm like well i do have business because i want to just say what's right right and then it becomes a confrontation because of a foul at a six-year-old's game right. you know like it, it, it and what does that say to the kids about what's expected of them it's acceptable yeah that's what it's telling them yeah. and for me now as a high school coach, now you always have maturity issues with younger kids, but what's accepted to them and what their thought process is, the standard's a lot lower than it's ever been, I believe. Mm. Um, and that's the battle, that's the fight that we go through. And it's no longer a, hey, I tell you and you do right. It's like, hey, we've got to practice it for a couple months for a little percent, a small percent of change. And then you keep you keep chopping away at it, and it's almost like, hey, now at the end of their freshman year, you hope that they finally they got that learning curve. Where, like when I was in school, it was especially for the football players. By the time August camp ends, you know exactly how you have to act in school, and you haven't stepped a foot in school yet for mm -hmm. all freshmen. That was the standard. Where it has changed. It has changed. And it's not just a one school rule. It's like, hey, it's a, it's a generational thing, you know, because I've seen it when I was in Seattle. I've seen it, you know, at games at Penn State when I was in college. It's the hard truth, but it's one that it's the battle. I think we're willing to fight because we're fighting for what's right. Yeah. And sometimes like like I was before I got here at Trinity, I was a head coach in the Philadelphia Catholic League. And that's like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> It's different, all right? It's, it's different. The level of play is different. And, I mean, sometimes you come and you win a good game, and other times you get whooped. And there's just a lot of – there was just a lot of, geez, just things flying around. And you're in that environment, and I wonder if you think of this. Like, sometimes, like, I actually stopped coaching. And at the time, you know, I regret saying this, but at the time I was like, you know, this is not worth it. I don't want to be in this environment. It's so dehumanizing. It's so – utilitarian like my usefulness to folks is just like what i'm doing for them now and how good a player is and this and that this these these like pipe dreams of creating a loving culture rooted in prayer while playing for excellence is a pipe dream right and, and so i i stepped out of the game and now as i look back on i'm like you know it was the right thing to do but 
I don't believe that. Like, I still do believe that, like, we should be centered in the way that I just described. But Mm -hmm. do you think as a coach now, like at Trinity, is it a lot more like, is it highlighted a lot more than what it was in the past? You know what I mean? Terry, you go out somewhere public and you're like, oh man, I can't let that slide. You know, you have that feeling inside. Sometimes I, as an AD, I'm like, man, I, I'm not going to do anything, but I'm just like, wow. I, even if I'm at like a restaurant and I see people, you know what I mean? They're not respecting or this or that. It's just like, geez, you got to be it, mindful of it. Yeah, out in public a little bit more. I'm always thinking when I'm at school. So I'm always... And I'm always for the I'm I'm for the kids first. So the one that bothers me is adult to adult. Mm. Like guys, we're here teaching kids. We just yelled at them about this, but then you and I are doing this. Like that that yeah. that's that's the one that that it gets me, and I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't say this, and then you make me mad, and I said the same exact thing. What lesson did that kid just learn? All the only thing that it is is it's it makes me a liar, you know, or it, there's no validity to what I just said, even though that's my belief. You know, hey, it's something again. You got to practice. It's muscle memory. It's it's it, it's what you got to do. You got to work at it. Got to work at it. Um, and even as a as a young father now, I have a four year old, um, a soon to be two year old, and, and almost a newborn here. My oldest is very emotional, very emotional. Like if I look at her the wrong way, she tears up. And my two-year-old, if I look at her the same way, she'll look at me back in that same way. <laughs> so it's like figuring out people, figuring out people. It, 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 for me, it's figuring out my little girls. Um, and same thing, going back, no cookie cutter. Like it's going to be different. But you have to set the standards. You have to... The, be the example that you want to be. You might not be it, but practice it. And then that is who you are. And then you turn into that person. Um, But it's something you got to do day in, day out. And again, we're going back to prayer. It's like, hey, you have to continue to keep doing it. Like for, for yourself, you have to continue to keep doing it. Yeah. You need like the patience and the docility to work with, Mm -hmm every student in the way that they need to every like every parent, every opposing team uh, whomever there's so many like um people that you work with right in these roles as a coach or as an athletic director and there's a lot of variables um you could be sitting like this you could be on your feet you've been doing that all day for a long day so i told you you know jordan knows this i'm pretty good for the most part except for when i get hangry you know hangry you know what i'm saying like i I get a little hungry i get a little tired and then I, i get very agitated And it's at those times where I need to kind of dig deep and be like, hey, man, like, remember what you try to build yourself on. Remember virtue. Remember this daily thing that you're doing. That's it's the ultimate conclusion. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. Talking about the reality of the Christian life and sport. I mean, this enterprise, I think, is so worth it um, just because of that difficulty. We're yeah, we're fighting uphill with the sportsmanship thing, but. I, I know I take solace in the fact that we're doing it on behalf of not just like our team or, you know, like everybody is. But the thing that separates us is that we are a Catholic institution and it's like, all right, we can find our identity and further solace in Christ and like the identity of Christian life. So how can we use that to improve ourselves as, you know, professionals, but also as just people in general? So, 
Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love the, the being stewards for everybody of, of just setting the example, like, yes, you know, Jesus turned the other cheek, but he also flipped some tables when he needed to. Like, so when you need to lay down the law, like you're able to, you're able to do that and like stand by your, your morals. I think that's so important. And, and I'm like you, I have three little boys mm-hmm. and they're all so very close in age. And you know, my oldest is nothing but sass, but my husband is in the military and when he has to leave, he, my oldest is the one who's most effective at it versus my middle son is like super emotional. But when my husband leaves, he's like, meh, it's not a big deal. Like, <laughs> so it's just like figuring out that dynamic. And then when you're in a school setting, it's the baggage of 55, 60, however many kids are involved and just being able to connect with each of like, you guys have such patience of saints you must have because I, I struggle with just my three. <laughs> you're, you're a lot more patient than I am. The thing, the thing that saves me with patience is the matter I get, the quieter I get. And I'm a very quiet person. <laughs> That's true. So That's true, yeah. when I get upset, I get even more quieter. So that like that saves me in a way. Um, I definitely don't get yeah. quiet. <laughs> I definitely don't get quiet at all. But but the steward yeah. thing is a real thing. I, I like in class, I talk about it a lot. And you know who I'm thinking of is, is Coach Kostelak yeah. here as we're talking mm-hmm. about this, right? So Larry Kostelak Jr., he's our boys basketball coach. And I'm proud of, you know, he's also my uncle. So I had, you know, the privilege of, of growing up with him and seeing how he does things. And Lair, Jordan, what's Lair do every morning? <laughs> he cleans the floor. Cleans the right? floor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and yep. he he does it. Cause you know, like I, I, you know, God rest his soul. You know, my grandfather passed in 2000. Um, and prior to that, you know, Lawrence Kostlak Sr. He used to wipe that floor, man. And now his son for years now has wiped that floor. And he shows as our head coach, who's, He's the best, man. He's pound for pound. I think he's the best high school basketball coach in this area, without a doubt. He is front and center every morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., personally cleaning the floor because he takes such great pride in in what we are and who we are in our presentation, in, in our performance, and also in like everything that we are. And he is a steward of our school and it's like such a privilege to work with them these guys share an office so you know they they get to hang out a pretty good amount but no it's been it's been awesome sharing a a office with him because i am taking like the little nuggets that he he does give out it it, it, we talk about the floor but then he gives (laughs) me something and i'm like all right i'm taking that you know and it's cool to see because i grew up playing against him so, so to say, it was the rival, it was the the opponent. And it's funny because it, when you do something at a high rate, no matter what level you are, you kind of fall from the same tree or you're programmed in a certain way, the same way. Um, and I can see the resemblance, and especially me and a young coach and, you know, what's the why and what he's doing. And all right, that's the result I want. That's how it's getting done. Maybe I should do that too. So that's been the one cool thing, especially Again, growing up playing against him, I've got to taking that. I've, I've taken that away, and he doesn't. He doesn't, you know, ever shy away from telling me he's from where I'm from too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Okay, so I gotta know who are you guys rooting for this weekend in the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, so mine's more of a heart a heart puller. There, uh, my dad, who just passed away in July, um, he was a huge Eagles fan. Like I grew up. He loved them so much that 
I always tried to root against them. And it was like one of those situations where I had like a weird love for them. I would know every single player. Um, I, I grew up a, so to say, Raider fan, but I knew every player on the Eagles. And I, you know, I was a big Brian Dawkins fan, but I wouldn't cheer for the Eagles, but I would love when he would make a play um, because that was who was always on. Or when they would lose, I'm like, all right, I got to stay away from dad because he's a little upset, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes in life when you go through, you go through certain things and, and with him passing this year, it's probably been the hardest thing I've actually personally dealt with because, that, you know, he's, he's my hero. He's the guy I look up to. Um, in our families, you know, he was the male figure. I'm, I was the only male because I have two younger sisters. My mom, majority of the family is all, all females. <laughs> so it was like that was the male figure that I looked up to. Um, it was crazy within, you know, his passing. The, the I'm a Seahawk fan now, but I watched all the Eagles games this year because it was like, hey, that was that. And I felt like I was a kid again watching the Eagles with my dad there. So going with the Eagles this weekend, um, that's – yeah. They, and they got the running backs of Penn State guy. So always going with the, going with the home team this, this weekend. Same thing. I mean, I, I definitely jumped on the Eagles bandwagon this year, without a doubt. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. – It's pretty been cool. a good year. It's yeah. been a great year. Yeah. And they're yeah. fun to watch. I mean, I – who doesn't love like Kelsey? And, oh, you can you, you can know, you can do it too. You lived in Philly, so it's I, like, I know, oh. I know. Now, now yeah. I, I actually left town the last Super Bowl. I was like, I can't, I can't do this, man. I, I'm not, I'm not. So, but I think I'm gonna go to Philly. I was gonna say, yeah. I, I'm thinking about it, depending Bro, on yeah. on our baby situation here. <laughs> you might want to hang around. Yeah, you might just, yeah. I'll go I, to Philly for us. If she's born, I'll okay. get I'll get in trouble, but. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, babe, this is a once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I don't know. I, I think they'll, I think they'll take care of business. Yeah, well, yeah. Jordan, Eric, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me today, and I hope you guys have a great rest of the school year. Oh, thank you. Thanks I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.